Hey, what's up, guys? It's Joel. If you guys haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel Jacob. What is up, Heat Nation? Welcome to yet another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me on Twitter at Joel K. Jacob underscore. And as always, we got some guests with us today. First, we got George. Say what's up, George. Yo, what's up, guys? You can follow me on Twitter at Pat.Riley. And then last but not least, we got kind of a new member of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Anyone who's been following the pod since day one knows this guy. Welcome back to Heat vs. the World Miami Sports Junkie. Thank you very much. I'm excited. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. I'm at Miami Sports Junkie on Twitter. Just call me Junkie. And let's get it rocking. All right. So let's get right to it with today's episode. So last game, Miami went to Brooklyn and got themselves yet another victory, beating the Nets by 13. When looking at the stats, you have Bam Adebayo with 24 points, 9 rebounds. Jimmy Butler with 17 points and 14 rebounds. P.J. Tucker with 15 points and 7 rebounds. Dwayne Dedman with 14 points and 9 assists. Tyler Hero with 14 points and 8 rebounds. And last but not least, QB number 1 himself, Kyle Lowry, with 9 points and 9 assists. It was a close game at first, but Miami finds a way to pull through, giving them that record of 3-1 and one, while being the first team so far to beat both Milwaukee and Brooklyn this season. I know you guys have a lot to say about last night's game, so the floor is yours. We'll start off with you, Junkie. What to say and where to start. I'm super excited because I was prepping myself to do my Junkie Gone Mad session, honestly. Um, I know our team, obviously, is way better than last year, but I kind of took it in and I was like, tough win. You know, last year, I don't think we ever had an opportunity correct me if I'm wrong, to play them when they both had Kevin Durant and James Harden on the floor. Obviously, you know, those guys are two superstars, former MVP, scoring champs, and I never felt like a lead was safe with them, but I'm so pleasantly surprised by our defense. Our defense is out of control. Um, Between Jimmy and PJ yesterday and Bam, like Kevin Durant, I mean, you're not going to keep that guy – Scoring, obviously, he is one of the best, if not the best player in the league right now. But to keep him to 25 points, 
James Harden, I believe, only had 14 points in the game. Um, he's not getting those calls that he was getting last year and the, and throughout his career. He's always been, like, super dependent on fouls, and the NBA went ahead and corrected some of those uh, fake offensive fouls this year. And, I mean, it was exciting. I mean, Cal Lowry uh, didn't score much, but he was being our QB1, the best quarterback in Miami. No pun intended to Tua. And, uh, you know, it's exciting, man. You know, you're beating what they consider to be the best team in the Eastern Conference, them in Milwaukee in the span of a week when Mr. Godfather Pat Riley was saying we had a tough stretch to start the year, first 20 games, to be 3-1. and one, I mean, we're sitting pretty right now. Facts. And then what about you, George? Let me just say, I, I don't think I've been this excited for a game in a long, long time. I feel like our team really brought it. I was very – usually when we talk about these games, we talk about how, you know, we had we a lackluster performance in some areas, and, and, and this was no exception. We did we definitely didn't have the greatest game we could have played. But did we did we have the guts to go in there and pull it out? Absolutely we did. We You know, we kept Harden under, uh, to 14 points. We kept KD to 25 points. Defensively, this team cannot be stopped. We we stop other teams. That's that's how good we are. I I'm I just can't even begin to explain how proud I am and how excited I was to see the performance of our players. And we didn't even leave second gear. I'm not gonna lie. We 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 looked like we could have done better, which is hilarious because we still won by 13 points. I think our team is just built in a certain way that the Brooklyn Nets had a very, very tough time in. But if I'm going to look at individual performances, Jimmy Butler, 17 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists, four steals a block, plus plus 12 and a plus minus. You look at PJ Tucker, who in my opinion was our player of the game, 15 points, seven rebounds, two assists, 24 plus minus. This man was a monster. He was absolutely clamping up um, the Durant. And I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Uh, he was in that uncomfortable. Jimmy was making it uncomfortable for Harden. And the switching was fantastic in the last quarter. I feel like we were giving them wide open shots. At the end of the day, we weren't having the best shooting game. We were kept to 27% um, at the three point and only 40. We, we shot under 40% uh, for, uh, for a field goal percentage. So shooting wise, we had a really tough game. They, they, were, they were doing. Very, you know, they were doing well with the perimeter shooting. And most of their shots were coming from us switching um, off defenders. And they were finding the wide open three-point uh, three um, opportunity from, from guys like Durant. And, and Harden wasn't even there. So the fact that we could pull out a win like this, because it was close. It was about it was four minutes left and we're only up by three. But, you know, there was no timeout called. Players just went to work. And I think that's exactly the mentality we have to have going into games because, you know, we're, we're, we're back to being the underdogs again. We don't even have Oladipo yet, so we're not even technically healthy. So we've got a lot more to look forward to. That game was just one, and there's going to be a lot more like it. If I could, if I could just add on, because you made a really good point, I, I, I do think P.J. Tucker is probably the MVP of the game yesterday. Defensive intensity... And, you know, I'm not expecting Tucker to probably score more than six points a game. Like, that's not his game. But 
the guy that also deserves a co-MVP for yesterday is Dwayne Dedman. Um, had an amazing impact on the game yesterday between offensive rebounding, scoring, putbacks. I mean, Uncle Dedman yesterday was on fire. I was super excited about it. I feel one of the big differences, apart from Kyle Lowry this year, and I'm going to keep reiterating it throughout the season, is we finally have a very strong big man rotation. You know, if you look at Adebayo, Deadman replaces him. And now you have P.J. Tucker, who's a starting power forward, defensive first-minded. And now you have Markeith Morris to back him up, with the, who on Monday was the MVP of that game, if you guys remember, against the Magic. Like, this is pretty – I mean, in comparison to where we've been the last two or three years, he fans have been clamoring to have improvement with a backup big man. And all these names that – Aldridge and Blake Griffin and and uh, DeAndre Jordan. Guys didn't even play, and we picked him off the street. And he's been one of the most impactful players on this team. So that's exciting. Right. You know, just looking back at this game, I mean, it's everything you could have ever asked for. I mean, you go into an arena – you know, with Brooklyn fans everywhere. And honestly, not even Brooklyn fans, because I don't know if you guys were listening, but there was Let's Go Heat chants going on throughout Barclays Center, and you couldn't ask for anything more. It was amazing. So, you know, it was just such a great performance. And honestly, I know we're only four games into the season, but it's games like this where you can't help but just be so excited. And you're looking at these games, you know, I want to ask you guys, have the Heat impressed you guys so far to the point where your opinion on this team might have changed? Or is it still the same for you guys? Like, what, what opinions did you guys have for the Heat before? We'll start off with you this time, George. Look, I think it, it, it's always a good sign. When, when, you, when we're winning, we're excited. My, my opinion is going to change based on my mood. I'm, I'm one, of those, one of those guys. So it's a very... Um, temperamental thing when it comes to this early in the season. So if we've had five, six, seven, ten performances like this and we're midway through the season near, near the All-Star break, I'll be a lot more passionate because we've had a lot more time to prove that we can do what, we, what we've done on a given night like this. I think that for me to be like, to, to agree with that statement and say I'm way more optimistic now than I was at the start of the season because I was already very optimistic at the start of the season um, is health. You looked at us when we versed Indiana. We were appalling. We, we looked like we, we were lost in, in every facet because there was no Kyle Lowry. Without Kyle Lowry, forget the fact that he's averaging seven and seven on his worst shooting splits of his career. The guy has put all of all of himself into this this team and absolutely made it his own. We we've I don't think we haven't had a, a true point guard. Since I can remember, since before I was well, probably when I just started watching, Joe when we had Jason Williams, like it was, it's been such a really like a big breath of fresh air. And this is no disrespect to Goran because Goran was an elite scorer and he was a competent playmaker. But Kyle Lowry just has this thing about him where I just sit there and go, we've been missing this, absolutely. We've just been clamoring and so. We, we've wanted a true point guard for so long. And when we can put it all together, we can beat the top teams. 
for regardless of how Harden's transition's going or the fact that Kyrie wasn't playing, we were the most dominant paint. We, we were we were scoring most of the points in the paint. We we were built to play teams like that. So my opinion will change throughout the season. I'm a very uh, up and down type of guy. I'm never going to lose faith, obviously. But there's no way I can say to myself that you know I'm not more excited than the start of the season because after watching last night and after watching us destroy a team like Orlando, and thank God we do because last year we were struggling against those sub-500 teams, even in our own conference, even at home. It's been very, very exciting to see that, you know what, we're not going to bow down. We're not going to burst teams that we know aren't of the quality of the Miami Heat, and we're not going to let them in the game. Because last time, I remember we were bursting terrible teams. We were only up by one or two with a few minutes left. And we have to gut it out again and again and again. It takes a lot out of you, even as a fan. But I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be very optimistic. I'm very happy. Um, and I'm just, I just can't wait to see what's next. Mm-hmm. Junkie, what about you? So I'm going to kind of dissect your statement, and then I'm going to kind of go into my opinion. Like, there's one thing that I know from the Indiana game, and, and I'm going to give that being the second game um, that, you know, they were still – they're transitioning, right? This team this team needed to happen what happened off season, right? When you look at the heat, the changes they made, they got in uh, Marquise Morris, they got P.J. Tucker, they got in Kyle Lowry. Um, I was optimistic as soon as we got Kyle Lowry. I think he was the biggest gem of free agency. Um, but let's look at the fact, and I think Ethan yesterday posted this, we haven't had, apart from the Indiana game, a random scrub heat killer, which always tends to be a killer. Yes. Uh, yeah, Terrence Ross didn't score. Patty Mills couldn't score because our defense is atrocious. It's amazing. Like, we're literally putting a hand in everybody's face. Even guys like Duncan and Tyler have stepped it up defensively. We are the kennel. We're the dog pound. And I'm excited for that because I think that that's going to make the world of a difference when it comes to a seven game, you know, playoff series. Um, early in the season, but you can just feel the energy of the team is much different. I feel like last year we tend to, like, we would fall in these holes and we couldn't get out. These scoring holes, like, nobody could find the basket. It was just very frustrating to watch. And you just see the team and they look different. They look like, you know, he even looks re-energized. He looks like Jimmy from the finals, you know, the other day against Orlando, 36 points. Um, and, you know, I've heroes strong performance to start the season. And I know it's scaled back, but you're still seeing other things, defensive things, you know, just being playmaker. Uh, he's more confident than he was all of last season. And, you know, the only guy that I'm not too up on, and, you know, I tend to pick on a Heat player all year is uh, Duncan right now. I just feel like, you know, we're counting on him to do one thing and one thing really well. And so far through the first four games, he struggled. So I'm hoping that picks up because obviously having a guy like Kyle Lowry that could put you in the right spot, I mean, he needs to excel. So 
that's my take. I'm obviously optimistic, but yeah, you know, like like you said, you know, we're for, we're only four games in, and like the great Pat Riley always says, you know, I think 25 games is really a a better point to evaluate your team and where they stand. Yeah, I just want to go off on that point real quick as well. Um, the thing about Duncan, I was gonna, I actually completely forgot about Duncan. While on paper, he, it's it's obvious that he's having shooting struggles and he's had these in the past. He's always had three or four games where he's, he couldn't shoot the ball to save his life. And that's come, that's funny. He's coming from someone who just chucked $80 million at, but I, I think that it's not translating to the downfall of this team. If you look last night, he started a plus minus of 13. He was on the floor with PJ a lot. So that would have affected it, but he's turned into a more than capable perimeter defender. And for me, that's more exciting to see that a player has um, taken that step to becoming more than just a one-dimensional passer to him and score the hell out of the three. Because teams teams catch on to that. You know, it's not like it's a, it's, it's a secret that he's the fastest player to 500 threes in, in, in history. So when, when, when they come, when teams come to versus us or we go to versus them, in the locker rooms, that's what they're talking about. You need to watch this man. You gotta watch this guy. Watch what he's doing. Double team this guy. He is getting doubled a lot. He so is Tyler Hero. They know what's happening, but yeah. there's gonna be a time when the system's gonna fall into place and he's gonna get those open looks and he's gonna knock them down because he, he's he's Duncan Friggin Robinson. There's no way he goes another couple of games without having, you know, a twenty four point night, seven of ten from three. It's gonna happen. It's just a matter of time. With Kyle Lowry, I think that the, the the offensive fundamentals of our team have shifted to more of a instead of swinging out, trying to find the open man, giving it to a player like Lowry that could facilitate our offense, and he's going to be looking for Jimmy, looking for basically looking looking all over the floor. So, I think that there's so much more into it into this this little struggle, this this rut that he's in. I but there's no way out of uh, uh, there's no way he keeps this up in my opinion. Right. And then Junkie, is there anything else you want to add on to that? No, I think he's hit a lot of good points. You know, Kyle Lowry is a, another one, but the thing is that he's bringing so much intangibles, you know, like winning plays that you can't even like get on them for a shooting. <laughs> like how much better is our team with Kyle Lowry? It's 10 X better. So, and he's not even hitting his shot. Like, when that man hits his shot, I, I think that's going to take us to, you know, I know once again, we're early in the season, but that could, that could take us to, uh, to the finals. I, I really do believe that. Right. You know, like I said, you know, there's so much when you look at this Miami Heat team, so much to be excited for. And, you know, we can't wait to see what happens next. And, you know, the next thing that I want to hit on is, you know, there's a reason why I want to ask this question, and it's because I want to see who here has the guts. And this is like the type of question you want to ask, even if we're only four games into the season. The question that I have for you guys is, do you think the Miami Heat have a legit chance to win the championship this year and explain why or why not? We'll start off with you, Junkie. I think it's way too early to make that determination. Um, you know, obviously, 
you see teams that ESPN does such a good job of promoting, you know, like the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers. Like the Lakers right now, they look like a disaster. Um, you know, who in the West scares you right now? I mean, I don't really see anybody that I'm like, the Heat can't beat these guys right now. Um, the East is the same thing. You know, Philadelphia, they're having trouble getting Embiid to play, and we're only four or five games into the season. Ben Simmons, disaster. Uh, Brooklyn, obviously, with Kyrie Irving and the vaccination situation. And, you know, the only team that wants to get healthy could be an impediment to us um, is Milwaukee, because obviously they got Giannis and Drew and you know, we probably all still have nightmares from that four-game series, uh, four-game sweep. But do I think if the Heat gel and they continue to ride what they're doing right now, they have a legit shot this year. Probably the best shot they've had since the Big Three, in my opinion. Right. And then what about you, George? What's your opinion? See, I'm, I'm in this sense... I'm a biased fan. And I'm going to have to be because if you're not, then you're not a real fan of your team. I, I look objectively, but even when I do, I see there's, there was times last year when I, when people would ask me the exact same question, whether it be friends or, or people or over Twitter, and I'd give them the same answer. Mm, yeah, maybe. I think that we can. I think that we can. I think, I think. That's the thing. I look at this team now and... I really don't think there's a team out there that could beat us when we're at our best. But we're going to have off nights, and it's and it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen that we're going to have off nights. But I think that we can. I think that there's no one, there's no reason why we can't. There's no, Pat Riley's assembled a really, really competent team, and we're looking at it without even having to, arguably our best bench player out there. And he's going to be coming back. He's going to still be in his rehab. He's still going to talk about Oladipo, by the way. He's going to be trying to get back to his former self, which is fantastic. But at the same time, I think that we can. And there's so many good teams in the NBA. You're looking at Utah, and you've got Rudy Gobert, who's apparently leading the MVP race at the moment with 18 and a half points and 20 rebounds a game, which is... <coughs> Overrated. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I agree. I agree. And I think that obviously he's not going to win MVP, but Utah's doing good. The, the, the Bulls are doing good. I'm really intrigued by the Bulls. I'm intrigued, and I'm going to hang myself for saying this. I'm, I'm intrigued by the Nets, uh, the, by, the, by the Knicks. The Knicks have looked like a pretty good team. Yeah, they haven't versed the best competition, obviously. And when they're going to be versing, the, the, you know, your Lakers, your, 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 your Heat, you know, these top teams, I think that, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna level out. And when they do... If we can sweep them again in the season series like we did last year, then I, there's not really much that I can say because it's just a matter of, of you know a matter of time. Whether we when we go to the playoffs, are we going to be haunted by you know the 2020, uh, 2021, sorry 2020, 2021 NBA finals? You know when we got swept, or the year before we weren't made it to the finals. And if we can stay healthy, this team can go all the way. There's a lot of weaknesses in the NBA right now. The Lakers are looking unsettled. The the Nets are looking like a, a shell of their former selves. If I knew about this at the start of the season, I would have put a hundred dollars on Miami to win, and I would have been rich because we got no respect at the start <laughs> of the season. 
But um, actually, you know what? I'm going to do it right now. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking we can. And I'm excited to see how this year is going to play out and what's going to happen, you know, by the all-star break, what our record's going to be. Because we've been notoriously a bad, not a bad, but a, a subpar regular season team. But we're a team that makes out, you know, that makes some noise in the playoffs. Right. Right. I agree with you guys. So 100%. And you guys have made some great points, but now I want to get on one topic and it's about potential addition to the heat. So um, before we close out today's pod, let's just quickly address the topic that a lot of heat fans have been buzzing about. And that's the idea of potentially bringing John Wall to the 305. With that in mind, would you guys welcome John Wall to the heat if he ends up getting bought out? Why or why not? And we'll start off with you, George. Um, why not? He he. This man screams Miami. He screams heat culture. There was a time when this is back when it was ext- we were very healthy. We we're playing with Bradley Bill at Washington, and I'll never forget the day that um, there was a in the Big Three era. We won a game and we walked up. You know, James and, and Wade walked up to John Wall and they had their shirts covering their mouths. You could tell what they were talking about. Come to Miami. That's what they'll come, come. You know, you can, you'll thrive here. You know, they they were dying for a good point guard. Not, not no disrespect to Cop, Norris Cole or Mario Chalmers, who are actual Heat legends. Um, but this man can make can can still be good, in my opinion. Yes, he had a massive break between to you know twenty nineteen and twenty twenty one, but I think that. There's no way he shouldn't be able to play at a high level. Even last year, we say he had, a, he had an off year. He still averaged 20 points and seven rebounds and a steal, you know, on not bad shooting efficiency. But at the same time, I'm, I might be pushing it because I'm, I'm just excited to add more talent. Will it, the, the problem is, will it push someone else out the door? Will the minutes be div- divided nicely? And the big question as well, um, will he be willing to come off the bench? Because he said it himself, the reason why he left Washington was because he couldn't even he couldn't even admit to not being the number one guy anymore after he took a three year break, well with his Achilles injury that kept getting affected and everything like that. If you can't even accept yourself that you're not the best player on the team after three years off, then I I'm a bit optimistic that he he'll just walk into this role and and accept it. And we've had problems in the past with players. Who, no one to come on the bench, <laughs> Sam Whiteside, um, who I was happy to see go, by the way. But I think that if if he can come here, um, and they're going to have to have this, this this talk with him when it comes to his buyout. Um, if they're excited by his prospect, they're going to come. They're going to approach him and say, "Look, you're not starting over Kyle Lowry." But you know what? Kyle Lowry's not going to play every minute of every game, and there might be some nights that he doesn't even start. He doesn't even play because he needs to get rested, and that's where you'll come in. But if we can find a spot and he's accepted and willing to um, to do it, and we don't have another Carmelo Anthony issue where we have to start him, then uh, I think that he's a great fit and he's going to just take our team to the next level. Right. And then what about you, Junkie? I mean, I think I you know you made a really good point. The whole starting thing. Um, I think John Wall now is what thirty one years old, thirty thirty one. Um, I got to look that up. So I'm sorry if I'm wrong, guys. But, I mean, first of all, I think that 
if he were to get bought out, as much as I want to keep adding to this team, I feel like the Clippers are probably his number one just because you could see him moving a guy like Reggie Jackson to the bench. Just my opinion. So I said it here first. Um, I know there's even been rumors that he's been hanging out with Paul George in L.A. and stuff like that. But if you were to come to Miami, I think number one would have to be that we got to continue to play how we've been playing. He's got to see that we are a true contender. And you never say no to talent, right? Like how many of these teams, when they're in their finals runs, they end up getting these guys on the buyout market and, you know, these value guys. And even if it's for one year, you obviously know that you're probably not going to retain them next year. You know, I would probably say that for sure you do it. Um, I, I would love to have John Wall. And I know a guy who's not getting any minutes right now who is supposed to be our backup point guard, who I never thought was truly capable of being our backup point guard, which is Gabe Vincent. I mean, you get a guy like that, and all of a sudden, you know, you're not skipping a beat when Kyle Lowry's on the bench. I mean, I know he doesn't pass like Kyle, but he definitely has the offensive and the defensive mindset. I mean, of course you do it. And I'm sure the Heat will make the call. I'm sure Ricky's going to be willing to go into the tax for that guy. And 100%, I think he would be a great addition to the Heat. Plus, he loves Miami. We just got to hold him back from things. That's all. Right. You know, like, I know he even has a house here in Miami. So it will be interesting. Another team that could possibly go after him, by the way, is maybe Brooklyn. Because, you know, he could be the starting point guard there with Kyrie being out. So that is another um, option for him. I know him and James Harden did not end things on good terms. You know, when it came to the whole um, James Harden trade saga last season. But who knows? And I know, George, you have something you want to add? Go ahead. Yeah, well, it's about the, it's, it's about John Wall where he could go. Look, there's going to be an opportunity for him to go to a lot of places. He's, we're not going to be the only one knocking down his door on the buyer market because it's impossible. He's just he's just that good of a player, um, in my opinion. If he wants a starting job, he'll choose either LA or Brooklyn. There's no way he's going to go to the Lakers because he's not starting in front of Russell Westbrook, in my opinion. Um, and if he really, really desperately wants that starting job, then um, he's going to go to the Clippers, in my opinion. Brooklyn... I have got a plan with Kyrie. There's no way, there's no way an organization that big will just say, okay, let's just see how it goes. Let's just, you know, let's just see how this plays out. Obviously, Kyrie's got a timetable in his own mind, and they're aware of that. He's not going to be out forever. I don't even know what he's doing right now. He's probably burning some essence in his room and and meditating for the next three months. But there's no way that he doesn't come Mm. in the end. He doesn't come back and play for them. It's, it, for my, in my eyes, it's either the Clippers or the Heat. And if you're looking at serious title contenders, you have to question whether that's the Clippers because without their best player, yeah. you know, to an ACL injury, who, quote-unquote, might be back earlier or, quote-unquote, might make in time for the playoffs, regardless of that, um, making the playoffs is going to be hard enough. But as soon as you get there, you right. have to incorporate your star player back into the rotation after... In, even if they do, and he comes back healthy, um, and they incorporate him, 
they had struggles anyway last year, and so did we. So it's going to be a very tough decision for him. Um, yeah, if he makes his way to 305, then I'll be extremely excited. No, and yeah, like the Kawhi thing, like, you know, these guys, when they get injured, they always take at least like 15, 20, 25 games to start playing like their normal selves. It, 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 if they even, you know, sometimes they need a whole off season to get back. So and I don't expect Kawhi to rush himself neither. Like he'll probably take his time. Right. You know, and, you know, but honestly, it's all about what will end up happening. And, you know, if if John Wall comes, I think that would be a huge thing for Miami. If not, you know, I still love this team the way how it is. So with that being said, before we close it out, there is one more thing that I feel the need to hit on. And that's going to be this upcoming game against the Hornets. So recently, the injury report for Miami came out. And according to Anthony Chain, you have Bam Adebayo, who has left knee bruise, Kyle Lowry with the right elbow bursitis. They're both listed as probable for tomorrow's home game versus the Hornets. So with that being said, um, what's your guys' take on tomorrow's game? Well, at least tomorrow as when this pod is being recorded. And do you guys see Miami going 4-1? and one? We'll start off with you, Junkie. Um, I mean, let me tell you, man, that, that's a surprising team right there, the Hornets. Um, you know, obviously, Leangelo Ball is um, – no, sorry, I forget. They have so many brothers. <laughs> um, he's playing out of his mind. Um, you know, the Gordon Hayward. And uh, it seems like the uh, addition of Tsunami Poppy has also uh, been big for them. So – it's going to be a tough win, uh, in my opinion, but it's going to go back down to the same thing. You know, the principles of defense, I think, is going to be what makes this team better. We obviously have guys to match up with their guys, and I do think that the Heat could pull it off. I think right now they're playing well, they're gelling well, and I don't think Charlotte is as good as their record. Just going to say that. I also don't think Chicago is as good as their record. I just think it's an early season run right and I mean just to like add on to that I was never high on the Bulls and you know okay there are they are 4-0 and right now but I mean I'm just not really that bought into them you know I really wasn't that intrigued by the move for DeMar DeRozan did it improve the team of course but you know if I'm being real I in this might be a hot take for some people but, you know, this was my take for the Bulls before the season started, and I'm still going to stick with it. I do think the Bulls are going to be a first-round exit come playoff time. I think, you know, they will probably finish the fifth seed, and, you know, they'll end up losing to that 4-5 or five matchup, whoever they end up going against. I mean, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, if you guys feel that's a hot take, but that's my honest opinion when I look at this Bulls team. Well, anyways, but um, George, what do you think about this upcoming game for the Heat? Look, uh, I'm, I personally think that it's going to be a, like the best game we're going to play so far. We're going to have to bring our best because this is a very informed team. You're looking at Lamelo; he's he's doing everything for them at the moment. He's 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 sharing the ball, he's scoring like maniac. You're looking at Bridges, who's having he's, he's averaging damn near thirty points a game. 
Um, James Buchnate, you know, looks like a really exciting prospect. Hayward's looking good. You know, Rosier's coming back. This is a team that, if we're not careful, can absolutely rain it down from three. And they also got Kelly Oubre Jr. from last year as well. So if we don't come and bring our best, it's going to be an extremely tough game because they're going to rain down threes. They're going to pass the lights out. And if we don't bring the same energy that we brought from Brooklyn to here, it's going to be... Um, it's going to be it's going to be an L in my opinion because this team is no team to to laugh at anymore. You know this is not the the Bobcats of 2012 2013. This is mm-hmm. the new look new age Hornets, and they're excited. Um, I think that going into that game, uh, you said Bam and Lowry are game time decisions. I think that um, I think it's uh, was it. Uh, Kyle Lowry's elbow is in question. I think he'll play. This, they're going to have to make him play through that. Um, Bam's knee, I think, will be fine. So if we can get Bam, you know, their, their, their big band stock runs thin because they've got Mason Plumley, um, Washington, Kai Jones, JT Thor, and Vernon Carey, which I, I they're not. They're not let's be honest, only two of those people will be in the rotation, maybe three. So if Bam plays, there's a very good chance that we, you know, we, we run the set plays for him to go back into the paint and dominate. But it's going to be up to our guards at the end of the day. It's going to be up to it can Cole Lowry facilitate the way he's been facilitating. Is Can Jimmy bring that, you know, all-NBA, near, near defensive player of the year, um, acrement that he's brought? And by the way, can we get some respect on, on Jimmy's name? Because he did the NBA in steals last year. He's, he's averaging four and a half steals a game now. I said, sorry, 3.8 steals a game, nearly four. He's got, at what point that, do we start discussing that he's the best perimeter defender in the NBA? He has to be, at least over the last two years. Um, so, look, I, it's going to be our hardest game, in my opinion. It's going to be the close one um, if, we, yeah. if we let it get too close. We're going to treat it with respect. Um, I'm actually not sure if it's our home game or theirs. I don't know if we're on the road for that. But, home um, game. It's a home game. So, yeah, fans need to bring it. Our, t- our team just needs to to really lift it home because there's nothing worse. And I tell you right now, there is nothing worse in the entire world than having the best performance against the team that was predicted to win the playoff, to win everything, even with before the Kyrie situation and Harden struggles, um, to then go and, and blow it all up because we lost to the Hornets. But... Look, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an exciting game. Hero is gonna have to bring it as well. Hopefully, Duncan can find his shot. Let's let's hope he can. And can Jimmy, you know, get that big face coffee briefcase? But with, by the way, which is worth something like twenty five grand, by the way, that briefcase. That I can, can he really like row up this this team to to you know get them in the mindset of this is not an easy team to beat, and let's go out there and beat them. For sure, you know, but before we close this out, you know, obviously my expectation is that Miami wins and that they will go to four and one, but we'll see, you know, before we close it out, I want to ask, is there anything else that we should bring up? I got one. In terms of what we're sitting here and talking about, we're sitting here and we're talking about how good we've been playing. Do you think there's going to be a point in the season where we're talking about um, Oladipo coming back and, and whether that's going to be a problem. 
Um, I, I think that when he comes back, which apparently is not too far away, you know, we're nearly in November and he's predicted to come back at the middle or, or end of December, early January. Um, will that hinder our chances at getting a John Wall, in your opinion? I mean, to be honest, maybe. You know, I'm not really sure. Obviously, you know, when Oladipo comes back, you know, it's all about can he be the guy that he once was with Miami last year, you know, because Victor Oladipo last year, I feel like people really don't understand how good he was, you know. You know, I remember we brought this up in a podcast not too long ago that he did down, he was doing an interview with Brendan Tobin, if I'm correct. And, you know, he basically told Tobin that, you know, even after that first surgery, he was, what's it called? He was still not feeling right coming out of bed and everything. So the fact that that was how he felt and he still went out last season and dropped like 20 points a game while playing elite defense, like one of my favorite moments with Victor in a Heat uniform out of those four games he played with us was when he went out and locked Steph Curry up in that debut game against Golden State. Like, I freaking loved it. And then not only do you have that, but you have that final game he played with Miami last season against the Lakers where he was throwing down ferocious dunks and everything. The fact that he was doing that while still not even feeling right, just imagine how he could possibly play you know, now that he's starting to feel so much better compared to how he felt after that first surgery. So with that in mind, you know, obviously a guy like John Wall is a good option to look at down the line, but I do have high hopes in Victor. So it's just one of those moments where you'll have to wait and see. And I'm all for being patient, you know, because as we've acknowledged many times in this episode, we're only four games in. You know, there's so much more exciting things to see, especially what Victor brings to the table when he makes his return. So as Heat fans, we just simply have to enjoy the ride because I honestly feel like this season will probably be one of, if not the funnest season that a Heat fan could ever have, you know, post the big three era. So, you know, my advice to Heat fans out there is to just sit back and enjoy the ride. Yeah, look, I 100% agree as well. I hope, you know, I hope Old Dibber comes back healthy. And this also ties into a um, my final question. Um, should Hero keep coming off the bench, averaging 20, 24, 7 and 4? Because at the end of the day, if Old Dibber comes back healthy, and we were talking about him taking the starting role, but now we're looking at Hero, and he, he's just playing at a near all-star level, which is more than we could have ever expected from a player that's been slandered as much as Tua, you know, in 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 sport. We, we, in, in, sport. in South Florida sports, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's insane. I I I'm excited. You know what? But this is a good problem to have. Just having so much talent around you, and the the you know optimism of, of bringing in a John Wall, and it actually gives us a choice because. In a lot of cases, we'd say, we need John Wall. We need to get it at any costs. But now we're sitting here thinking, do we need him? If we do, then he'll be great. But, you know, if Hero is going to start, um, because he's going to, he not, not that he'll, I don't think he'll ever get upset that he's coming off the bench because he's just trying to prove a point. He's trying to prove his point and push his narrative. But if I would prefer it personally if he stayed on the bench. But if he had to start, 
Duncan Oladipo in off the bench might still be a very, very good impact. Right. You know, at the end of the day, I'm perfectly fine with whatever happens, you know, because like you said, I feel like that just shows how good this Heat team is, that we have like so much people who could be in this starting lineup. You know, I've loved Hero coming off the bench and I honestly wouldn't have a problem if he was to stay on the bench. I don't care if he starts. If you if Spo feels to need to do that, you know, I trust him in whatever decision he makes. So if he was to randomly say one day, you know what, I want to start um Hero over Robinson, then you know what? I'm gonna trust him. But I love him off the bench. You know, coming off the bench in that very first game, you know, he ended up having like what, 27 points. And the reason I bring this up is because he ended up outscoring the finals MVP, Giannis, and a guy that everyone likes to say is better than Jimmy and Chris Middleton. You know, he ended up outscoring both of those guys combined. And that's just amazing to think about, you know, for a guy that's coming off the bench for the Heat. So, you know, it just goes on to what I was saying earlier about how we just need to enjoy the ride. You know, a lot of fun stuff is coming this season. And, you know, I honestly can't wait to see what this heat team will do, you know, each game, you know, I feel like each game has a gift that you just, that just makes you want to keep watching and keep, you know, what's the word I'm looking for. Just keep enjoying it and continue to be grateful for what we're seeing right now. Because like I said, this season I feel like this year is probably going to be one of the best seasons we've had since that big three era. So like I said, Heat fans, I know I've already said it a few times already, but just enjoy the ride because a lot of fun stuff is coming your way. But anyways, I feel like we've hit on so much this episode. I really feel like it's probably time we close it out. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all down for it. Get excited, Heat fans. There's a lot more where this came from. Yes, sir. So with that being said, uh, thank you guys for listening to today's episode of the Heat versus the World podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HBTW podcast. We'll see you guys next time with the brand new episode. And just like that, we out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World Podcast.